Bueller and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. going on Steelers Nation Radio. It is high noon on a Wednesday afternoon. That can only mean one thing here. It's time to go inside the electric factory on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Wesley Euler flying solo again today on a Wednesday. That guy Arthur Motes got the day off here. As a, you know, he's making a habit out of that on Wednesdays. I mean, we're going to have to talk to management and see what's going on here. Just Euler, no Motes today. You know the drill. You want to get involved at Wesley Euler on the Twitter.com is where you can find me. I will obviously get to your questions, your comments, your concerns, and your reactions as we roll along. But to start today, like I like to do when Arthur Motes is out, I bring my friends, right? Uh, Motes, myself, Chris Carter, the three of us together. Some of you guys like to call us the Migos. Uh, Well, when one Migo exits stage right, I like to bring in Christopher Carter, as always here, to get us started. Uh, Most of you know, but some of you, I'm sure, do not. Um, but I host a show, uh, a solo show on ESPN Pittsburgh as well on 970 ESPN. Chris Carter, kind enough to join me there and discuss everything on going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chris Carter, what's up, cousin? How we doing? I'm doing great, Wes. How you doing, my man? I mean, I... Chris, I'm, I'm sitting on this weird fence right now, right? Because the last couple weeks, my Mountaineers and my Steelers have stunk it up, right? But I'm, I'm, also, I'm also two weeks away today or sooner because, you know, that's how biology works uh, from being a first-time father. So it's like I'm in this weird spot where I am pseudo-depressed, but I'm also very excited, and I'm just waiting for my daughter to get here to save the football season for me. <laughs> well, that would, that would make everything better, right? You know, <laughs> if only you could be a fan of uh, the Pitt Panthers, the current uh, ah. favorite to win the ACC Coastal, maybe things could be better for you, my friend. Now, see, I actually, I'm, I'm taking that, and here's why. I was talking about, you, you know my dear wife, Morgan. Uh, I was talking with Morgan over the weekend, and she was like, Oh, what she was like, I don't know what, you know, prompted it. She probably just wanted to tick me off. But she goes, yeah, it's pit, pit pretty good. Yeah, pit pretty good this season. And I said, yeah, I said, I said, yeah, babe, they are. I said, like, they got their quarterback back. He's good. You know, they, they've got a, a lot of seniors. They've got a veteran laden team. And she's like, oh, well, that sucks. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it does. I said, but, but at least we don't start playing them till next year when hopefully we got it figured out and all their seniors are gone. So that's the, you know, that's the silver lining that I'm taking. At least the Mountaineers won't have to see Kenny Pickett next season. Well, I will say this. Uh, Kenny Pickett is the, is the saving grace that's, that's carrying the Pitt Panthers right now. I wrote over the, over the weekend after the game, and I didn't say he was going to win the Heisman, but I said he's going to be adding in. He's going to be starting being put into that conversation. Some people were like, oh, I don't know about all that, because that's a whole lot. Next thing you know, we got people like Matt Leinert talking about him. He should be the Heisman. ESPN wrote about maybe he's, he's in the Heisman conversation. And it's like, you know, maybe I was a little right when I said that. But, uh, again, 
you know, full credit to Kenny Pickett. He's a heck of a guy, uh, awesome person to talk to, but also awesome player in the football field right now. 19 touchdowns, one interception, and uh, the big reason why Pitt has the number one offense or the yeah. number one scoring team in college football right now. They're averaging 52.5 points per game, and they almost basically reached it with 52 points against the defense in Georgia Tech that gave Clemson and North Carolina fits. Wait, 52 points per game? Yeah. Wait, did they want to be Big 12 or something, Chris? What's going on here? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good question. It's a very good question. I mean, it's really just in and out. But also, it, I, I think the biggest difference, too, with Kenny Pickett is that his receivers are catching the ball this year, uh, this year, Wes. Jordan Addison leads the country with nine touchdown receptions. He has been very consistent, even though he had a couple drops in this game. That was kind of the difference from uh, you know the past four games before that. He's been catching the ball well. Taysier Mack has really revived his college career with with his several good plays. Lucas Crawl has become is now he has the most touchdown receptions of any tight end of, in college football. Um, and uh, I believe also you, you got you got players like like uh, Jared Wayne making plays down the field. That they've got an assortment of talent with Kenny Pickett and. Uh, it's really showing. So uh, Pitt's having a heck of a heck of a time here, even with their loss to Western Michigan. Well, partner, I'm happy for you. At least you at least you got that going for you. <laughs> I'm I am happy for you. It's Chris Carter with us here on the afternoon delight, brought to you by the Fox Bet app. Chris, from one quarterback to another, uh, from one from one quarterback at Heinz Field to another, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, I took a lot of of heat from people. You know, back in August in the third preseason game, Ben played. He led two touchdown drives. He looked sharp and everyone was panning the planning the parade it was vintage Roethlisberger see see we told you I uh, suck on that Mina Kimes oh where you at Mike Tannenbaum oh, oh I'm showering in my haters and I said pump the brakes it's August it's the preseason they're playing the Detroit Lions and there's no such thing as vintage Ben Roethlisberger in the month of August a lot of people called me a hater a lot of people said that I was poo-pooing a good thing this is why, Chris. I just I I knew that that was false hope. I knew that that had no correlation to how things would actually work during the regular season when defenses actually game plan for offenses and and make you play to your weaknesses and make you play left-handed, if you will. Uh, Chris, I know I, I am I am not being naive here. I know that there are a lot of issues with this team and with this offense. But is it safe to say that the biggest one right now is the quarterback? It's more than safe to say. I'd say that's pretty much dead-on accurate. And I know there's people out there that want to say, oh, what about the offensive line? Oh, what about Mike Tomlin? Or, oh, what about Matt Canada? Listen, as Brooke Pryor's uh, stat in the ESPN Statements Department pointed out yesterday, Ben was pressured on 7% of his dropbacks. And for a quarterback who dropped back at least 40 times in a the game, they said that that was the, best, that was the lowest percentage in a losing performance uh, by a quarterback since twenty since twenty thirteen, <laughs> that means the offensive line did its job as best as it could against a defensive front that honestly I thought would wreak more havoc upon or wreck more havoc upon yeah. uh, 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 the Steelers with Kenny Clark. I, I really thought that they were going to be a handful and that was going to be a problem. But you saw those throws that he either was making or not making. He had a pocket. He had time to figure it out. And and people are like, well, they're they're calling too many guys short of the sticks. If you're saying that, I don't think you understand football because if you look back at those plays, yeah, sure, there's one or two guys that are short of the sticks, but they're there so that the guys that go beyond the sticks aren't being, you know, double teamed. Right. And uh, like especially that fourth down play where he chucked it to checked it down to Najee, like right as soon as the play started, 
if he just looks to his left, Pat Fryermuth is walking up the field with nobody around him. He could have, you know, he throws it. He could have, he could have flipped it to him. He could have, he could have just simply like, you know, shovel passed it to him. He would have caught it and gotten a first down, maybe more. Um, and it's a completely different game. Ben has to see the field. And, and listen, I get that there's other guys that could do better. You know, Kendrick Green could be better. Dan Moore could be better. Sure. But none of those guys are making the money that Ben Roethlisberger is making, even with the pay cut that he that he took this year. Mm. Um, you know, with everything, if if you're going to be out there, you got to be able to make make those type of reads and at least those simple things. Especially if you're not going to be a deep ball quarterback. If you you know if you want to play the Drew Brees game, fine. But you know what, Drew Brees did that for a few years because he could dissect you underneath. Ben Roethlisberger is not dissecting anyone consistently enough underneath, and uh, it, it, it's showing. And to me, it's the biggest hindrance to the offense. Chris, where do you come down on this? You know, there's there's been a lot of debate over the last, well, I guess not 24 hours. You know, over the last 20 hours or so, um, I think the two big missed opportunities to Juju Smith-Schuster, right? Is that on Ben? Is that yeah. on Juju? H- how do you see that playing out? I don't know if you've had time to go back and look and, and really dissect it, but is is, is – I, I think most people thought, hey, like those are just those are passes that you have to connect on. I know um, uh, Vince Williams was was on Twitter saying, you know, those are plays that number one wide receivers make. So there's there's been some some mixed signalings or some varying opinions. Maybe uh, what say you on those those two opportunities that it felt like, man, if they're able to connect on either one of those, but certainly both could have could have played out differently in Lambeau Field. Listen, all respect to Vince Williams, heck of a football player, heck of a stealer. Um, but those those were not those were not good passes. Those were not and those weren't catches that number one receivers. If they if 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 you're talking about all time number one receivers, sure, yeah, Jerry Rice maybe comes down with those. <laughs> uh, Randy but, Randy Moss uh, gets under those. Right, right, right. Like if we're to, and here's the thing: if his if if his bar of comparison is Antonio Brown, Yeesh. it's funny because Antonio Brown one is a great receiver, but he dropped a touchdown last night. Uh, that Tom Brady actually did hit him in the hands he with. Did. Um, so uh, you know, I, I'm not so sure. But I, I think the biggest thing here is that in both of those plays, Juju beat. No, 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 not beat. Cooked his man. Hmm. And there was nobody between him and the end zone. And not a safety lurking over top. No bracketed window to throw it between. All Ben has to do is put air under it and lead him and it would have resulted in a catch, if not a touchdown in either play, a huge gain that sets up the Steelers with much better drives than what they had in either situation. And that's where it falls on Ben. So, yeah, I I do put it on Ben. I know Juju was like, that's on me. I got to do it. That's what Juju's going to do. He says that, he says that stuff because he sure, doesn't want to sure. bury his quarterback. And that's what you're supposed to do. You know, when a lot of – they know that everyone could bury Ben Roethlisberger right now. And they also know – like, you know, me, I – you know me, Wes. I'm honest about Ben. I am critical when it's time to be critical, but I'm not at Nina Kimes, you know, Mike Cannonball <laughs> level where, you know, he's bad because of how he warmed up one day, you know, or, or when they were when they were ten and zero and he had and he was performing very well, you know that that that's on him. I'm not I, I'm not there, but when it's time to criticize him, I have no problem criticizing. And this was a day where that was right. And and listen, I get it as a team, as a Steelers, Mike Tomlin, Juju Smith-Schuster, anyone. You know that people are ready to jump all over Ben Roethlisberger as soon as he makes a mistake. So you don't want to be the person that gives anyone a sound bite that they can use. So they're not going to say that, but that those plays and several other passes to Deontay Johnson that either skipped to him or were thrown three yards over his head 
all of those th- those are on the quarterback. Those are routine throws he needs to be able to make at the NFL level. I, I completely agree with you. I couldn't have said it better. I, I echo everything you just said. Like, look, man, you can be you can be honest and upfront and, and critical if you want to use that word about what we've seen from Ben Roethlisberger this season. That doesn't take anything away from what he's accomplished. That doesn't. He's still going to the Hall of right. Fame one day. He is right. still he's still one of two all-time elite quarterbacks in the nearly 90-year history of the franchise. His spot is solidified, but you don't have to treat him with baby gloves now uh, You know, to, to sugarcoat that reality. It happened to Peyton Manning. It happened to Drew Brees. It happened to Brett Favre. It, it, it sucks to admit, but it's true. Chris, any, any hope in the – because I, I think you touched on it there a little bit. Any hope in the performance of, of Najee in the offensive line? It, I think it is safe to say at least they had not an incredibly high bar, but they had their best performance of the season yesterday. Uh, absolutely. They, they, blocked, they blocked their butts off. I thought Najee averaged over four yards per carry. Uh, that dude's a warrior, man. Like, he's going he's gonna to be special. And, 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 again, to the people that are like, oh, they shouldn't have drafted a running back in the first <laughs> round, but – you don't get that with with Trey Sermon. You don't get that. I mean, Trey Sermon's been getting, you know, being been a healthy scratch, you know, for for his team. You know, Najee Harris is a game changer. You know, and even with you saw on the touchdown. I mean, I, I'll, I'll also say this for the, you know, I know Tyler Boyd made the poke at the Steelers, saying, "Wow, they quit in that game." You saw this team fighting tooth and nail all the way to the end. That defense was coming out there. They were giving this offense so many chances to, to come back. And even when it was obvious, look, this offense isn't going to figure out this game, you saw a forced fumble. You saw a, a turnover on downs. They weren't giving up. And, uh, and Najee Harris is also part of that. You saw how as soon as he got the ball, he said, I'm getting airborne. I'm getting in there so that we can get a score. That's, that's the kind of effort that you see from him. He's definitely being special. As for the offensive line, um, you know, I, I point back again to Brooke Fryer's stat of you know, 7% of the dropbacks, you know, is, is, you know, Ben Roethlisberger was pressured on. That's a vast improvement. I thought that they, there was a chance they'd get demolished. Um, and, and there was a semblance of a run game. There was a run game. I think the only, the biggest problem was that they fell behind because the, you know, the, the, the offense, you know, turned it over, gave the, the, gave Green Bay a short field, and then they didn't have things work their way. And so they didn't feel comfortable running the ball as much, but there was something to build on there. And that's what, that's all you really need with young offensive lines, especially lines when you got two rookies. Just build some momentum, have some growing points and some learning points that you can go back into the, the drawing board and say, Hey, Guys, we did this right. Let's keep doing these right, and let's clean up these other things. Uh, and that's the close they've had. So yeah, uh, you know, I, I give them a a, a, a a stock chart going up symbol uh, because uh, they are they are in the bull market with with that play. Now they can drop right back down. It can be wildly inconsistent. That could all happen. But they deserve credit for a better performance yesterday. Yeah, and they've got a talented Broncos front coming to Heinz Field next week. So we'll see if they can Woo! continue to build on that and not take a step back. Chris Carter, one or two more questions here on the afternoon delight for our partner in crime, Chris. Maybe I buried the lead a little bit. Got to get your take on the blocked punt offsides gate. They robbed Joe Hayden and Micah Fitzpatrick. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But I also, like, I don't know if I'm willing to go far enough to the whole, like, we have to make everything reviewable. Man, it sucks. But that is the NFL, and those are the type of things that, that great teams often overcome, you know, more often than not. But what was your whole take on the, uh, on the daylight robbery of what should have been one of the plays of the season uh, for Joe Hayden and Minka Fitzpatrick? 
I thought it was inexcusable of a mistake from the officials. Uh, you know, you, you look at it, at no point where they across the line before that ball snapped. You know, if they want to say, oh, man, they, were, they just jumped it too good, uh, what, what, what kind of excuse is that? That's, 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 that's hockey. You know, if, if, it's a, and here's the thing. It's a score, you know, it ended up being a scoring play. If yep. you pick up the flag and say, hey, we're just, let's just review it. Let's just look at it that way. That's a much smarter way of going about it. Because hmm. you said, you know what, we're not calling offside, but it is a scoring play. So now we will review it. Right, right. That would have made more sense. Now, again, I'm not asking for special treatment or anything here. You know, the Steelers still had plenty of opportunities to win it. I mean, heck, if Ben Roethlisberger hits four of the passes that I talked about yeah. that were just wide open, they're in this game. Uh, but uh, that was a 10-point swing of a, of a bad call in a game they lost by 10 points. There's no doubt that it had a major impact on it. And on a team that lives off of, hey, we want our defensive players. Yeah, need those plays. splash plays. And Minka did drop a pick, a pick that he could have had yep. earlier in yep. the game. That when, when when that moment happened, I said, "Well, that's him more than making up for it." It, it, it seemed just like that Colts pick six that he had uh, that, that flipped that game around two years ago. Um, that, that that gave the Steelers that chance to win. If you're the NFL officials, that, you got to be ashamed of yourself. That was a, that was an atrocious call. Um, as for reviewing everything, I, I, I still say the, the the solution isn't you know. The, the official going over to the sign. The solution isn't is just hey, have a person in the booth of every game. Yep. You make you make enough money. Just have them, and, and say hey, look, this was wrong. Let's, let's let's look at this real quick, you know. And so it doesn't take twelve minutes to look at it. And we're going to two commercial breaks to look <laughs> for, for each review. But just have someone over top of it. It's not that complex because all you had to do was look back and you could see the replay. Oh, wow. They don't start moving to the balls like moves right there. Well, that's not offside. All right, guys, we, we're, we're wiping that one out. Touchdown, <laughs> Steelers. Let's keep it rolling. You could have figured that out in a minute and 30 seconds. Um, I, I'm not saying overhaul the entire system. I, well, I, I guess I am saying put a person in the booth of every game. Yeah, like an eye, of, an eye of God up there. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and I in the sky, somebody, I mean, the, the who was it, the AFL or the XFL, yeah, somebody was yeah, doing it, yeah. and it was much faster, and you're the NFL, you can, you can pay to get that right. No, I, I think that's well said by you. Our partner in crime, Chris Carter, Locked on Steelers, WPXI, SNR, all the radios and all the televisions and all the media outlets. Partner, great stuff as always. Always appreciate you taking the time on a Monday here, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Same here, Wes. That's my conversation with our buddy, Chris Carter. Great stuff from him, as always. Love catching up with that guy. Make sure you're showing him some SNR love on Twitter with everything he's doing. You can find him on Twitter, at Carter Critiques. Uh, And like I said, his work is available everywhere around this city, uh, on podcasts, on television, in print, online. Uh, Chris Carter, great stuff from from his uh, football mind. As always, it is the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. Wesley Euler flying solo on a Wednesday. Uh, wanted to hear a little bit here in this first segment from Trey Turner. Steelers offensive lineman, he caught up uh, with members of the media talking about just his takeaways uh, from Green Bay on Sunday and really just the offense as a whole to this point. Here's what Trey Turner had to say. The way the offensive line played against the Packers. How do you assess the improvement that you guys made from the Bengals game where it felt like there were a lot of penalties, um, a lot of things that you guys wanted to sort out during the week? Were you able to to solve those for this game? Uh, I just think it's a continual effort to get better. Uh, 
not even just weekly, but daily. Um, just working to, to improve throughout the week so that we can show it on Sundays. Um, not particularly everything that we wanted out of the game, of course. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't finish the way that we wanted to finish, but uh, there's always some positives that you could take and uh, some things that we could build upon. Uh, we have a pretty young group, so uh, as many positives as we could pull from, uh, we try to. Anthony Jaskolski. Hi, Trey. Uh, and specifically along those lines, you had uh, just 15 carries but 62 yards for the uh, rushing game. Do you feel like strides were made in that department, and do you feel like it could have been used more on Sunday? Uh, <clears throat> when I speak, I speak for myself. Um, you know, I, I feel like uh, we love to run the ball, love to set the tone, love to set our pads, and uh, uh, have a demeanor about the line. Uh, sometimes you, you get away from things when, when game plans and, you know, situations in the game. But, uh, you know, we want to keep getting better in that aspect of things and getting Najee going and, and the running game going in general. And uh, I don't think we're going to look at this and say, okay, well, we did a good job. Uh, it's a step, but uh, I think we need to make more strides really, really quick. Anthony, we'll stay with you if you have a follow-up. Uh, no, that's all I had. Thank you. Okay. We'll go back to Brooke. Yeah, Trey, you've been doing this a long time, obviously, just your first season with the Steelers, but what's the the mood in the locker room like right now and what kind of message are you guys sharing with each other i know juju talked yesterday about like hey we're not pointing fingers this isn't how we wanted to start but how do you guys stay positive when you're in a, a three-game losing streak like this um i think it's all about first starting with yourself looking yourself in the mirror and realizing uh how, how you perfecting your role and it's not about going outside of your role it's not about going outside of your normal things that, that you do on a routine, day-to-day -day basis. It's just about perfecting what you do and doing what you do well. And um, if, if all 11 of us that are on the field, whether it be offense, defense, or special teams, play collectively as 11 and give us our best versions of ourselves, I think we'll be okay. So it's not really pointing fingers or, or uh, uh, a down morale in the locker room. It's more of a, okay, we got to fix this. And uh, it starts with, with me. Chris Adamski. Hey, just to, it seemed like just from afar and with my very uneducated eye um, that, that this was probably the best uh, effort from the offensive line uh, for the four games this season. Would you agree with that? Do you first off? Um, you know, I, I, I can't I can't speak on that because I'm not the coach. I'm not going to answer that question, but I will say I think we come out and we work really hard. Um, I think uh you know, we have a really young group, a talented group that has to continue to play ball, continue to juggle continuity. And uh, I think it, it, we could take some positives from this game. But as I said, we have some strides to make and uh, we have to make them rather quickly. Chris, we'll stay with you if you have a follow up. Yeah, I just wanted to ask, um, how did Joe Haig, um, you know, working next to him, um, how did that go? And, and just what's his, you know, he's kind of like you, a veteran president's been around for a long time. Was that, you know, a good feeling to have that in the, in the line too? Yeah, I definitely uh, was was happy that Joe was able to come in and, you know, his number was called this weekend. I, I felt like he stepped up and did everything that he was supposed to do. And, um, you know, I, I think that's the mentality of the room. Uh, and that's the mentality in the league. You know, no no one knows when their number is going to be called, but you had to be prepared when your number, when your number is called. And uh, Joe was. So I was happy that, you know, he had a solid game.
All right, if anybody else has any questions, just use the raise your hand function and we'll call on you. All right, Chris. Just the, having that one yard touchdown, it's something small, it's late in the game and everything, and, and but just, you know, being able to, to convert as a running, you talked about that mentality and you want that one yard to be able to, to score that. Is, is that a, did you guys point that, was that a good moment, a feel good moment at least? Uh, you know, it's something that, that you can look back on in a moment. Uh, you still pressing to get more points, but uh, you know, in hindsight, you know, I, I, you can't look at that as a building block and uh, something to to build upon. Uh, we hadn't discussed that just yet, but um, thinking about it with the question yesterday, I think that was a, a building block for us. And uh, I was happy to get Najee in, uh, in the end zone for his first touchdown. Brian Backo, you just hopped on. Did you have something for Trey? Yeah. Hey, thanks, Michael. Thanks, Trey. Um, just want to ask, you know, you've been around a lot of running backs at, at this point in your career. Uh, what are you seeing out of Najee as a young guy in terms of how hard he's running um, when you go back and, and look at the film or even in game uh, when you see him in front of you? Um, <clears throat> I think Najee is a, is a hard runner. Uh, he's very instinctive and he's very physical. Uh, I think when you get to this level in the game, you realize that the people across from you are, are, are the same, if not more at times, depending on who you face. So I feel like Najee's going to that point and finding what was going to set him apart. And uh, it's only game four. Um, uh, we, we we fret week to week, you know, like like every week is the Super Bowl. And some weeks are, you know, admittedly bigger than others. But uh, we still have some time, man. I believe in everybody and all the staff, and I believe in the players that we have on the field. And I feel like uh, it's only a matter of time. Ryan, we'll stay with you. Thanks. Yeah, the other question I had for you, Trey, was just uh, I think it was last week, uh, Coach Tomlin said that you, know, you, you guys had to kind of get back to your identity or stick with what your identity is. I mean, uh, what do you think this offense's uh, identity is at, at this point, four games in? Um, at this point, I feel like uh, <clears throat> we're, we're, we're just searching. And when I say we're searching, we're trying to put points on the board. So uh, whether it's be a pass, whether that's run, whether that's screen, it's no, no matter what it is, we have to get points on the board. Uh, sometimes I think uh, we get into this mindset of doing more, and that doesn't always help. We have to just continue to, to plow down work on our basics, our basic fundamentals, keying on those, and just go out there and play football. It's not a perfect play out there. It's never a perfect play. You go, you have to go out there and you have to make everything. So, uh, honestly, to, the, to answer that question, we have to make everything our bread and butter. Uh, we can't be a one-dimensional squad. So, Trey Turner there with some honesty. I particularly love that last uh, question from our buddy Brian Bacco, who will join the show tomorrow afternoon, as he always does on uh, Thursdays on the Steelers Blitz. But there's been a, a lot of asking of that question about the Steelers' offensive identity. And there's been a lot of non-answers from, from most of the players and the coaching staff on the offensive side of the football when asked about that. Trey Turner was, was honest, was blunt there. He said, we're still searching. But we got to find ways to put points on the board. You know, we can't be one dimensional. We got to make everything our bread and butter. I love that honesty from Trey Turner because I think probably the first step of finding an identity on offense 
is admitting that you don't have one yet and, and you're still searching and, and, and working towards it. Great stuff there from Trey Turner. This is the Steelers Blitz on SNR, your 24-7 home of the black and gold. When we come back here, it is a Ben's Day Wednesday. Ben just spoke to the media moments ago. We'll bring you that audio. Uh, also, some stuff from Charlie Batch that I want to get to as well. So maybe we'll do, a little, we'll do a little quarterback segment. How about that when we come back on the other side? I'm Wesley Euler, and you're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.